Okay, so we're back. Sixth episode in the whole freaking uh, series or whatever. We got a special guest. Hi, this is Javier. <laughs> sitting with Casey and Jen. I met both of them a, a little bit a while ago, but actually Casey and I have been friends for quite a while. And we met back in Florida. And ever since then, we've had a very strong relationship and just been very good friends. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up, I would say. But like, um, yeah, like this is it's kind of weird to have like your real life friends on the podcast or have like your real life friends listen to it because it's like it's, it's kind of intimate having like aliases. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly having like real life people be like, oh, like I love your podcast for like actually listening to it. Cause then they end up telling friends of friends about Agreed. your podcast. So then it's just like, oh, like these people know who I actually am. Like, you know, so it kind of gets a little weird. Agreed. So I've had a question with listening to y'all's podcast and just in general conversation with the two of you. What was. At what moment did you all finally decide, you know what, we've got to do this. And what is, what do you want to, what do you want, like, what is your end game with this? Like, what would you like to change? Or is it more like a therapeutic thing? Or is it just like, I want, I want, I want to do this. I want to accomplish this. Um, well, Casey just asked me and I was like, sure. But it is kind of therapeutic because you're talking to a bunch of strangers who like really don't know you because it's code name. So you can just kind of say whatever you want. Honestly, yeah, but um, I have been listening to a lot of podcasts at work, and I was just like, this seems like fun. It seems pretty easy. Like, you're just talking about yourself. And I asked somebody else originally to do the podcast with me, but then their their shift work and everything, like their schedule changed, so they couldn't really do it, slash didn't want to. So I was just kind of like, okay, whatever, I'll find somebody else. And to me, it's just, like you said, like it's therapeutic to kind of just talk about whatever and openly. It really depends being that we're in the Air Force. So. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, or government service, because whether you're in the Air Force or any other service or working within the DOD, you, your life's out there. You've got to sort of watch yourself. Exactly. So it makes it very challenging. And just so that we're all coming from the same place, we're all, we all work for the military. We're all working with the DOT. Some of us full-time, some of us part-time. Some would call that the fake, the fake military. Some of us are living our best lives because they don't work all the time mm-hmm. for the DOD. Which is also fake. Mm-hmm. But we're all working for somebody. And essentially, when you think about it, everyone works for the government because in order to have a business in this country, you've got to get permission from the government to have it. So well, in yeah. a roundabout way, tangentially, we all work for them. Moving on, though. <laughs> Sorry, Wait, I could go what was on that? A tangent. Tan- tangentially? Tangentially. I've never heard anybody use that word that way. I've never oh. used that word in my life. I've never heard that word in my life. Like nice a, adjective. Like, like a tangent? <laughs> yeah, but I've never heard tangentially. Tangentially? I've just heard tangent. Oh. Fair very, enough. Fair it's enough. very uh, upper echelon. Mm. Yeah. I can become quite loquacious and. Uh, my friends have called me quite the raconteur. So. Oh my God, shut up. <laughs> they have. So this is the problem I have when dealing with people is that my words sort of, I'm accused of using big words and this is just how I speak. It just flows for me eloquently. But I am very, I should say this, I'm honored that they thought to include me on their project. Because it's, it, when you think about it, 
it really is an intimate thing between people to have that trust with your audience, even though it may be a young audience or maybe an audience of five or 5,000 or 5 million. Either way, someone's asking you to be a part of that. And so I'd like to say, first off, thank you to both of you for thinking of me and thinking highly of me and wanting to share my thoughts and engage the both of you on this program. No problem. <laughs> We're just both like, cool. great. I'm so honored. Oh, cool. Thank you. <laughs> but um, so I feel like we should ask some questions along the, the topics that we've like spoken about before in prior episodes. Episodes? Wow, I can't talk today. Prior episodes. So um, like one of the topics we talked about was Neil Wilson comes to mind. Oh, one I feel like you'll like talk about the most is like um is your preference in who you date like race wise racist or not oh, yeah, like do you like do you think that 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 is like a normal thing that people either just come to find that oh that's my preference or are they like kind of that's their environment telling them oh or like society being like oh like this is a person you should kind of not date because of these stereotypes mm -hmm. very interesting question and something I've thought about at length because many, some people that know me know that I ex am exclusively attracted towards women of color and more specifically black women. I've dated a Latina. I am myself a Latino, Mexican. Oh. Says the black woman. I'm not saying I'm not saying proud of it. This is for the audience so they no, have a point of context. Oh, no, I was just saying like, Whenever I say I'm black, I'm like, I'm black. Oh, no, I thought like, you were saying woo woo because you were like Mexican. I was like, <laughs> no, what? I was saying woo woo as in like, like the Mexicans listening. Oh, I like, thought you said oh, we're yeah. told as in like, so we, we've been led to believe. Oh, I, I heard something else. I said woo woo. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't hear the enunciation. Yeah, My, I said woo woo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know woo woo. You know, same thing the cops make me about to get pulled over. But, uh, oh, side story. Okay, anyways. Anyways, anyways. No, but. So I thought about this at length, like what it, I really feel that it's our childhoods and it's how we're raised that leads us to what we want in the future because how we're raised sort of dictates our needs. And I feel that it's raised upon that. So I, growing up, I grew up in Texas. I went to a high school and our, to give you context, our flight song our fight song was Dixie, and our flag was the Confederate flag. Oh, fuck. But also to give more context, I had no idea regarding the history of those items, of those symbols, and what they meant to, uh, to America, the, the history they played, because growing up in Texas at the time, we were taught Texas history sort of went over American history, U.S. Yeah. history. It's just like, oh, World War One, World War Two, the Civil War, it was like Texas. this and that. It was, But it's all been Texas, sort of like New York and California. Texans love Texas, New York, uh, New Yorkians love New York, and Californians, you can't say a bad thing about it. But I think that going back to it, um, because I wasn't, I was to a high school, it was 98% white. There were a few other um, Hispanics, Mexicans, Latinos, whatever you want to call them, it's all the same. It doesn't matter to me. But there were no black people. I met my first black person when I went to a program called Upward Bound. 
And I was like, wow, you people are still around. <laughs> you people. <laughs> and he's like, what, 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 what did you just say? And he was, to, to, he was taken aback. And the people that know me like, no, 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 that's just, that's just how he is. That is his personality. He is genuinely curious. He means no disrespect or he's not trying to, he's not, he's not trying to incite anything. And so I was just genuinely curious. Like when, you know, when a, sort of like when a child sees something it doesn't understand, it's genuinely asked questions. How old were you? 16. Wow, 16 when you met your first black person. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, fast forward to af after that, he became my best. He is my best friend, and we are like brothers now. He is essentially my brother. And so ever since then, I said, you know, I'm attracted to what I wasn't. I wonder, I've gone back and forth, like, I do n I'm not attracted to white women. I mean, I can't find them attractive. If I can find anybody attractive, white woman, uh, Asian woman, black woman, Hispanic, Latina woman, whatever. But I am... Super, I'm just drawn towards black women. And I've gone back and forth. It's like, is it because I wasn't subjected to that growing up? Or because it was sort of taboo when it's sort of like my parents, they both are from foreign, my mother's, my family's are from Mexico and Spain. And so they're like, oh, you've got to marry a Spanish woman. You've got to marry a Mexican woman, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, why? Because that's just what you have to do. That's what's been done. Like, okay, and that's... Right, like uh, bloodline pure, this country, this world, if y'all were unaware, everything, the cradle of civilization is from Africa. It's been documented. Scientists have proven it. Whether you believe it or not, it has been proven we all come from Africa, our lineage. At first time, it was like, I'm going to do this because my mom won't like it, and I'm just trying to rebel against her because there's a whole other podcast. There's like five other podcasts in that story you know, mother issues, so don't even get me started. My childhood and growing up, being taught that this isn't right or this isn't what you should want, I was genu I've been genuinely a curious person. And so like, why sh shouldn't I want this? Why don't I want this? And there's no good reason, so, and lately I've adopted the fact that my parents, while they're, they did the best that they could because they just, we grew up dirt poor. I grew up dirt poor. I do the opposite of everything they tell me, and my life has been heaven since. All of my cousins that follow the Spanish uh, way of living, their lives are crap. And I'm not saying I'm better. I'm just saying my results have gotten to me this. So in that round, taking the scenic route to your question, I really believe that it's how, what my parents, how I was raised, and what was this is bad for you or this is not this is not bad for you but you need to stick to your own race and inherently i had that feeling that that's that doesn't seem right that doesn't ring true to me so that's why i have that feeling now is i believe that everything sort of you can be its lineage can be traced back to your parents to your to your to your adolescence how you grew up yeah, I kind of agree, but for me, it's like, if we were to say, okay, my preference, so it's like my preference, I guess people would automatically think it's just for white guys, mm -hmm. just because I've dated majority white guys, but then at the same time, it's like, why is it just up to me to kind of choose, like, based off somebody's race, who to date, because I'm like, it's not like 
you know, black guys or Asian guys or anything are coming up to me, talking to me. So it's just kind of like maybe the opportunity just isn't there or like the person or like the certain types of people I was around back in Maryland, just just due to the, the culture, like black culture in Maryland is very like like fake want to be gangster, like um, just ignorant and like blatantly just like acting like they have like no common sense or anything like that's just truly how it is where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I never was raised that way. Like, I just don't care for it. And, like, I probably, I don't know if I said this in the last episode, but I I said I was, like, in a class where um, it was, like, my, my lit class, my literature class. And it, it was a project that our teacher gave us to say, okay, what type of person does your parent think you, you should date? So you had to go home and ask your parent or whatever or marry or something like that. And so we came back, and then a lot of the black guys were just, like, this was off topic from even the project, but they were just like, oh, I want a yellow bone, red bone, like light skinned girl or white girl, blah, blah, blah. So yes. first of all, that shit turns oh me God. off because I'm just like, how do you expect me in that, you know, in a majority black high school mm-hmm. to want to date a black guy who has that mentality? Because clearly they're not looking at me. Also, I didn't think dating in high school was even worth it. So I wasn't trying to date anybody. Definitely. And then also in me growing up, sad to say, but even me being born in 1998 there's not a lot of representation that was out besides like raven simone um maybe some uh what's that show with the black women oh girlfriends oh yeah and like yeah there's like certain shows like obviously i would watch but like at the same time as a little kid and growing up you still see majority white people so i think for me personally because like white was such a rare thing in my town that to me is like, okay, that's attractive, but I wouldn't just be going after any random white guy. Like, he would still have to be cute. Like, mm-hmm. unlike some people out here. The cliche I'm talking about is <laughs> where, they say, where they say black men always get like the most random, the like non-cute <laughs> white girl. That's the cliche I'm talking about. So I feel like a lot of people just think I just like any white guy or any light-skinned guy or whatever. I'm just like, no, like I still have to have like a bond with them, like good personality, all that stuff. And also, I like any race, as long as we, like, you know, get along and, like, you're, I think you're cute or whatever. Like, it really doesn't matter. But I do think my preference, quote-unquote preference, mm-hmm. uh, like, stems from media because that's what I'm just used to seeing. And it's, like, I try to break out of that because I'm not ashamed of my blackness whatsoever. Like, it just it pisses me off the most that people see black people and think automatically, like, oh, ignorant, female, or just, like, angry or whatever. And it's just, like... No, like obviously, if you do something piss me off, I think it's pretty fair to be pissed off. But anyways, I feel like she. Oh, for me, it's like, I think it's the opposite of y'all. Like you went towards black women because your family told you not to. You went towards white men because they just weren't in your area. For me, when it comes to dudes, I like my preference, quote unquote, is like Latino men because I went to a majority like Mexican high school. So like those were the dudes there. So, like, those being the dudes there, those were just, like, that was what my taste formed into, like, Latino dudes. But also, my preference is black women when Mm. it comes to women. So, but you touched upon something there and that I I feel like I'm not trying to give myself any shine or anything like that. But I think this can all be traced back to our lineage of how we grew up. Because, like, it wasn't that my parents said, you can't date black women or you can't date black you know, you can't like black people. It's just that I had no formal introduction. Mm-hmm. Everything I saw on television at the time 
was just the, the news because we didn't we had basic we didn't have cable we had basic television so you'd see news stories and it all be it's the news never reports anything positive it's always negative mm -hmm. so you hear negative stories on the news so my question to be then is that like can this somehow still be traced back to how you're growing up like uh, because I've tried dating white women I've dated well, tried dating white women it's like oh well, I've tried this but I just threw up no I've dated white women I've dated <laughs> Latino women, I've dated all that. When I say dated, I just meaning, uh, you know, just having uh, relations with them. So, I'm trying to keep it clean. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> gentlemen. But. You should um, saw the face he made. Uh, gen gentlemen. Mm, <laughs> yeah, so. But anyway, um, I've just always found that I just get along better. My best friends. My brother. I've got, I've got so I've got a younger brother who is a biological blood brother. We ex we get along with each other, but I feel I still feel like my brother, the one that understands me most is, you know, my uh, junior. My you know, my the first black guy I ever met. You know, he is uh, in all other senses uh, just a brother. I mean, I that we we share everything. We talk about everything. We exchange information. And it just doesn't make any difference that we just are brothers from literally different mothers. Yeah, I think I should clarify, though, on what I said before, because now that I actually think about it, it's not just media, but it's just like the way my mother raised me versus how my grandparents kind of like spoke to me because I live in, in the same household with my grandparents and my mom. So obviously my grandparents grew up in the civil rights era. So my grandfather was always mm. just kind of like, well, this is why I feel the way I do, because yeah. my grandfather for example, had a gun pointed in his face by a white man who decided to just, you know, roll up on him randomly when he was a little kid. My, uh, his father um, basically got harassed because he was, he didn't move out of the way on the sidewalk as like the same, <laughs> really the cat is back. But yeah, he didn't, because he didn't move out of the way of a white man. So they ended up fighting and he kicked the white man's ass basically and so then they try to make him work for free for like a year or something like that which didn't work out so like i understand where my grandfather comes from and then my grandmother she doesn't really or she didn't really have too many experiences i think they try to like kick her out of a diner or something before and then also like my mom is just really like you know just treat people how you want to be treated and yeah. like like, she's never raised me to hate anyone or anything, really. She's just always been open-minded and open to me to talk about stuff and stuff like that. So, for me, it's just, like, well, I, I like, one of my first crushes was actually black. And that was, like, preschool. And then I got to, like, kindergarten, first grade. Like, it was this kid named Austin who was white. Second grade, it was another kid who was white. Third, fourth, fifth. Actually, in first grade, it was also it was two guys, but one was black, one was uh -huh. white, and then third, fourth, fifth, uh, still the same black kid from like first grade, and then fifth grade, fourth and fifth grade, I think I dated a light skinned guy, for like dated quote unquote dated, yeah. up until like yeah, up until yeah. like sixth grade or whatever. So it was like a year type thing, but anyway, so it's like I've never really, it's not like it's really not a preference. It's literally just like how well you get along with somebody yeah. and how well you click. But then again, I'm not dating anymore. And, and so, <laughs> and I agree with her. Like every time, so I was working. The first time I left Texas, I went to go to work in Washington D.C. And then I had a good time there. But then the first time I remember the trip that changed my life, that showed me where I wanted to live, was in Atlanta, Georgia. 
we went down there for um, some holiday weekend, a few mates and I, because we had a four-day, so let's just drive down. It was only a six-hour drive, and I was like, I love this city. I want to live here. Smash cut to me living in that, buying a house like several years later, and really that made all the difference. It's because of like, you know, what she was talking about, that it isn't about, it isn't like people saying that you've got to do this or that. It's sort of like the influences that were there growing up and it's like, huh, let me take what I do or I don't like from this and apply it to me. Because I don't know why, but every time, like, uh, you know, I'm on Tinder, I'm on Bumble, all those other ones. And when times get really tight, you know, like, no one's giving me any shine. And I'm like, you know what? I want myself to feel good. Let me download Grindr. <laughs> let me just. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> 90 degree turn. Nobody saw that coming, right? I like I like comedy like that, but no, I'm just saying like, you know, if you feel bad about you guys, you know what? If you feel bad about yourself, you're not feeling really hot or nothing, you know what? Here's what you do. Go on to a dating app. Go, go to a dating app or go to a gay bar and have somebody buy you, have a guy buy you a drink. Best feeling in the world when somebody buys you a drink. Okay? Ask any woman when, when anybody buys them a drink, not a man, but just anybody buys them a drink. It feels good because you're validated. And hey, you look good, so you're worth it. But anyway, I don't know. Um, what about also, we got a huge the ghost debate stuff. At, um, at, at dinner, but like all of those topics have left my mind. What dinner are you? What dinner are you referring to? Dinner last night. Oh, no, there you go. <laughs> wait, the, for us or the dinner, the one from the day before the last, like Friday. Are you talking about with us being yes. there? That was Friday. Today's Sunday. Yeah, that was Friday. That was. Oh my God! I thought that was yesterday. How much coke have you been snorting? Exactly. <laughs> Good lord. Man, I lost a whole day. But yeah, one of the debates was, um, oh, let's talk about the main one because okay. I feel like everybody hears me cut out the shit all the fucking time. Right. You moving? So he was saying, if if obviously your ten thousand dollar rule, if somebody offered you ten thousand dollars to sit still. Like, I feel like that's like a big thing you could probably. Right. Like, so my, my rule is this, whenever somebody tells me, I, and I've heard this before from so many people, which is, I can't do this. It's physically impossible for me to do this. And I call it the $10,000 rule, the punch rule, whatever, the break your legs rule. So let's just say that it hurts you to move, right? So my scenario is this, you're in a situation, you're on the second story of your house, or maybe your apartment, you're on the second floor, I break both of your legs and then set your apartment <laughs> on fire what? or I set your house <laughs> or set your house. Your house is set on fire because both of your legs are broken. Are you going to sit there and bemoan your situation or are you going to find a way to survive? Like, the fuck out of there? Exactly. Or the same thing with $10,000 when somebody's like, oh, I can't do this because I, I'm just not able to or blah, blah, blah. No, that's, you know, pardon my pardons, but that's bullshit. Anybody that says they cannot do something unless you have been medically diagnosed as like, oh, I cannot speak. Uh, okay, well, you're mute and you know a, a American Sign Language, so that's perfectly fine. But anybody saying I can't do this, it's a choice. It is not, don't, don't confuse it or don't say like, I used to be fat. I used to weigh 330 pounds. I wanted to ask a girl out, so I got out and biked and ran 20 miles a night every day for a year. I lost 130 pounds in a year. Nothing is impossible. If you tell yourself it's impossible, yes, it is. So my, my, that's my logic behind everything. Is like whatever you tell yourself is true, whether you believe it or not. Like if I can convince you 
that the president is the greatest president in the world, or if I can convince you that the, the president is the most racist fuck in the world, then that's what it is, because I believe it. So my $10,000 rule is this. If I give you, a, if you're saying, oh, I can't, I can't just stop eating Twinkies because they taste so good, and oh my God, my mouth salivates, and my tongue just starts going all over. Twinkies like I just, are gross. Twinkies are gross. It was a, a generality. Let's say Twix. Twix. All right. All right. Oh, so this is not sponsored by Twix, by the way. Right. So Twix are fantastic. I can't stop eating them. That's why I'm so fat. Really? Yeah, I can't. Oh, my God. They're so good. Okay. So let me ask you this. Instead of eating a Twix, if every time you wanted a Twix and you didn't, and I gave you $10,000, how many times would you eat a Twix? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't, but no one's giving me. Okay. That's a thing. So if, you gave, if I gave you $10,000 to not eat a Twix or... The opposite. If you ate a Twix and then you had to pay me ten thousand, how many times would you do that? How many times would you perform that quote unquote physically unable to do that? Like recognizing what is choice, what is an option versus what we're physically able like I the the, the scenario that I presented to to Jen. To Jen was the, the, the scenario that presented Jen was if I gave you, if I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you $10,000 to go on a marathon in under 30 seconds. The laws of physics deem that impossible. So doing something physically impossible, like a 45-year-old person trying to break into the Olympics as a sprinter, I'm sorry. You're just not going to be that fast. The, 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 you just, your body ages. It's just not going to happen. You may be more handsome or you may be cuter but you're just not going to be fast you just you can't compete with a 21 or 22 year old when it comes to the mechanics of how the bio biology works but so that was my ten thousand dollar rule and this isn't to sort of throw shade on anybody but it's just like offering up an excuse to not doing something like oh i can't stop doing this because it feels so good really well, there is people with addictions. No, and that, that's so. true. No, no, I mean, I agree with that. Like, there are right, they, just being the devil's advocate. And I, yeah, like there are addictions. There are true addictions where it's just like you can't stop doing this. But if there were true consequences to your actions of your addiction, quote unquote addiction, would you continue with that addiction? Some Whether there's consequences. So some people are homeless and stuff, but they still continue to go to their addiction. Or like Amy Winehouse, she had literally everything, but her addiction still out, out the, uh, I don't drugs. know. Yeah, she did drugs. She right. was she was drinking a lot of alcohol and she was right. bulimic. So, right. it, but so and the, so and that sort of backs up both of our points in which she didn't want to stop. She said she didn't, but she didn't want to. She said what everyone wanted to hear, which is they want to stop, but she still liked the way it made her feel. Right. Nobody really wants to stop. It's just you realize right. that it's bad for you. So it. It also begs the other question, does having that addiction, does having that whatever make you a better who you are? Like, you know, they say like Stephen King, you and I like Stephen King. Some of his best work was when he has admitted to being high, like he got high all the time. And then his work dropped off when he stopped doing drugs and people were like, what the hell? So it's just like, does your addiction make you who you are? Or not, because there have been studies that have been proven, that have been that have come out, and that have said to be creative, alcohol is required. To complete those tasks, caffeine is required. So they have. So it's been. I forget what what, the, what business school it was. But essentially, the truncated version is this: 
If you want to be creative, have a few pints of ale or beer or a few glasses of wine or what have you. But if you want to do it, have some coffee, have some espresso. You'll get the shit done. <laughs> More or less. Kind of, I guess. Like, kids are creative. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing, though. Kids' brains, like, I'm just going to more devil's advocate so kids brains are like not fully developed and also there's an innocence behind their yeah. imagination so it, yeah. it, there's just there's a difference between being an adult and then being a child because like being a child you're you're fed like fairy tales and like anything is possible like you think santa claus is real tooth fairy is real um dragons whatever right. like you just believe right. it so kids naturally i feel like just think anything is possible until yeah. one day they just realize, oh, like the world kind of sucks. <laughs> well, and that way, I don't know if like the world kind of sucks, but it's just one of those like, it's like if you ask a kid to design a car, they put all the coolest shit in that car. Yeah. But then if you ask like an engineer to design a car, they'd be like, okay, well we can put this stuff in, but if you want the car to actually drive, we need this. Versus like, oh, a kid like, well let's put a, a soda machine, a cotton candy, popcorn machine, all this stuff in there. You know, so we don't have to ever leave the car or whatever kids like, because I don't know, I'm not a kid. But versus having a person or an engineer saying, okay, so I want this car to go 500 miles or 300 miles. What, what should we put into it? And they're like, oh, well, let's do this, this, and this. Like we can put the added luxury of ventilated seats so that your seats can be air conditioned during the, the summer months or heated seats or a heated steering wheel or the heated uh, windshield wiper spray. Like, these are all luxuries that we have afforded to us. But it's just like, yes, the child, I, I do love child's mentality because they're innocence. And that's what I try to embrace is the innocence that children have is because they look at everything and it's like new. And it's great sometimes. One question though, on kids' perspective. Yeah. Did you ever grow up and like think, like, do you, like, say you're in your bedroom, right? Right, right. You have your closet door. Do you yeah. leave it open or do you close it? Oh, I closed it. See? Exactly. But now, do you leave it open or do you close it? I still close it, but it, it's for an aesthetic value. Because op leaving a closet open, it's just like, it looks gross. Like, that, that break in the wall. Having oh, that what? <laughs> <laughs> True, I kind of understand Like, that. it's just like leaving the closet open, like, yes, I realize I'm going to go into it, but then you can get into the argument of, well, why make my bed every day? Because I'm going to get into it at night, so yada, yada, yada. That's true. When I asked that, because, like, segue, right. we were watching stuff about ghosts. You've been watching a lot of paranormal stuff lately. Oh, yeah, and then <laughs> we were, what episode was that? Like, the fourth episode or whatever? We were here. And the pizza man, oh, we're like, talking about fucking scary dreams. Oh, we were talking about scary dreams, and the pizza man knocked on the door hard as fuck. Yeah, because it was quiet in here. We didn't like it. Wasn't three of us here? It was just me and her and the cat. <laughs> so and it was nighttime. So like lately, we've been watching. Um, well, she's been watching a lot more ghost stuff than me. But we were watching something like ghost related before. And so I guess I'm like, did your family ever grow up superstitious or like for both? Oh, of you? they did. Mine did. Like. In Mexican culture, it's like La Llorona. Oh, yeah. I was I was scared as fuck. Right, because they, they, they put those theories in like La Llorona, she'll come get you if you're a bad Mexicano, mira, uh, Juelito, like you got to do this and you got to do that. If you don't, then you're going to go, you're going to die because she's going to hurt you. Like, really? And growing up, it's just like, I was so scared. That's, that's what you want to imprint upon a child's fragile, sponge-like mind that 
if you're bad or if you don't do what I tell you that you're going to be taken and you're going to be manhandled <laughs> and killed? Well, I wasn't told that you'd be killed, like in those words, but I was told she'll take you back in the ocean with her, so I guess you'll drown. But essentially, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yes, uh, ostensibly you will be killed because if you cannot breathe, then you will die. Yeah, yeah no, drowning isn't the same as dying. Well, I mean, yeah. Oh, it is. But I don't think it would be her. Kidding. Like, oh, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't I think she was doing it on purpose. I think, well, the way I was told is that she would think that you would hurt, yeah. you were hurt, so you, she'd take yeah. you. Not that she's like trying to kill you because you're bad, but she right. just thinks you're hurt. And it's weird because we think that, uh, but, and I tell my parents all the time because they apologize for how they raised me because, you know, I got spanked a lot, arguments all the time. And I was like, listen, guys, the information, the knowledge you had back then isn't the knowledge we have now. So I don't harbor any ill will. Like, it's fine. I'm not mad at you guys. I'm not going to, you know, go on like Springer or say all this kind of BS about you guys or what have you. It's just like you did the best job you could given the resources that you had. So I'm not for like agreeing with y'all. It's just like whatever. It's like it's interesting to see every new generation of parents, how they want to treat their children because they're like, I now have this knowledge of this isn't real or this is what's required. Now, you, to get a person in line, you, you don't have to spank or beat their ass. I mean, to get a kid in line, though, you do got to spank them. I do like, I'm saying that if you don't spank a kid, then you see kids like slapping their parents in the face and fuck that. I, I still cannot curse in front of my mother. I've never cursed in front of my mother because she would beat my ass. I can't relate. But <laughs> that... Yeah, no, my mom, she's just so, like, I didn't curse in front of her until I was already, like, an adult. Like, I never would ever, like, curse around her or anything. And it's just because I naturally use profanity that, like, lately, like, the, the last couple of years, like, she understands. And so she kind of does the same thing. So she, I mean, she doesn't mind, like, but I'll still say excuse me or whatever if I, like, say, like, the F word or whatever. Like, because to me, that's still too, like, too much, even though she'll say it to me. Like, not to, like, just in conversation, like, in the context of whatever she's talking about. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, and I feel the same way, too. Like, I've never, I, I do like pro using profanity sometimes when it suits our cause. But sometimes I feel like only idiots, like, if that's all you're saying is, like, oh, F this B and her C because that C did this. Like, if that's all you have is using curse words to express yourself, then you're an idiot. Profanity does help drive a point home. And I agree with, I was going to say Casey and JoJo, because <laughs> why not? <laughs> who, doesn't think, who doesn't know of Casey and JoJo? Great, great band. You don't know Casey and JoJo? The no. way you held up your hand? Yeah, I don't know who that I is. I don't know who that is either. It just <laughs> seems like I must have stole somebody's name, but I'm like, I didn't do that oh, on purpose. Great 90s, great 90s R&B group. Casey. Oh, I do know them. Okay. Yeah, you do. Maybe I've heard their music, but you, not. You've like, heard their music. Yeah. I'll play some for you afterwards. You're like, oh. Oh, that'll be your song of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're here. Yeah, Thank we you. should do that now, though, if you want. All right, so, so what are y'all talking about now? Well, uh, right so now. Give me something. So, like, the one thing is, like, you were talking about, like, how you were saying that girls, like, uh, about uh, one of the websites my friends introduced me to was uh, The Roots. Oh, yeah, that, the band, like oh, the, the actual band. band? No, no, the website, The Root. Oh, I thought you said The Roots. <laughs> well, no, The Roots are a great band, too, but The Root talks about, like, predominant. It, it's all, like, blackish, African-American issues, black Ooh, issues. I think I follow them on Twitter. And they, they bring in a lot of stories, and one of them, they were talking about this rapper in which 
he said, you know, he was a young rapper out of Florida. Um, mm-hmm. He's like 19. And um, he was just saying that, oh, I don't, want a, I don't want a black bitch. I want a white bitch so we don't have a black baby. And it's like, like what, what, you know, Casey was saying um, is, oh, so this is a Casey and JoJo song. Um, here we go. Yeah, everybody knows. Them. Everybody it's just knows. Not this. that you know their name, I don't think. Yeah, that's. I do that with a lot of artists where, like, I don't know their name. Oh, yeah. I've heard this before. Yeah, that duo. <laughs> and there we go. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's. Yeah, Casey and Jane. But. So what they were saying was just that how this rapper, he's like, I don't want no, you know, I don't want no dark skinned girl because he's a he's a darker skinned, uh, you know, gentleman. Which black is guy. usually the dark skinned guys who are like the most self hated or like they right. have the most self hatred. Yeah. And it's just like, and it's just like, why, why, why hate on that? Like it's like the media, not the media, but society and just commercialism has taught, I think, like African American society, black culture that. If you're darker than white, you're not right, and like or the brown bag, brown paper bag uh, test. Ex- exactly. Like what the fuck? Like I'm sorry. Like the one of the things, the stories they talked about is like yes, America may have been white man's dream, may have been the white man's dream, may have been white society's dream. However, it was built on minor- the sweat of minorities. You would not have America were it not for uh, African Americans being taken. And the slave trade, as it were. And Latinos and Asians. Exactly. But it's like uh, predominantly the African-American, you know, African, you know, the slave trade and having all this stuff, having this this great economic impact. But yes, America is the white man's dream. However, it is the white man's dream brought to you by black America. Because Boom. Exactly. <laughs> and that's it. That's, that's all it is. Boom. Like, yeah, go ahead and tell a bunch of, like, white people, oh, you got to work in these fields and do this shit. Because, like, when my family came here from Mexico, my grandfather and grandmother and their nine kids, my aunts and uncles. God damn, 47. <laughs> That's a lot of children popping out. I'm just saying, oh, Jesus. Yeah, they came here. Like, he came here when he was in his 30s, and he brought them all over, and they were they were in their teens. Yeah. Well, they, he was – he um, – he married her when she was like 13 or 14. But that was, that was Mexico. Oh, so that's a different time. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But he was in his 20s. But anyway, um, oh. they would. Okay, continue. Sorry. But that's, <laughs> You're just dropping a lot of bombs with this I mean, stuff. That, that was normal. That's normal. I know that's, it was, but like, ew. Now it's not, yeah. Exactly. No, I mean, I was like, oh, this 14 year old looks really hot. Like, that sounds gross. That's that a is ninth gross. grader. That's, yeah. yeah. But they would, they would, they would trap, they would migrate from Texas all up the way to Chicago picking crops. So they get to Texas, they would pick cotton, and all I remember is my mom telling me they'd start in Texas picking cotton, and then when they Chicago, they'd pick oranges. Like, they pick just certain d- crops to make money, and they get paid a dollar a day. A dollar? Man. Working eight hours a day picking, like, cotton. Zara was telling me that her grandma, and it, it tripped me out because... Same thing. She was picking cotton, and her grandma is Mexican. So I like, I just had never heard of like Mexicans came here to pick cotton. And she was saying that she 
picked cotton like all day or all week just yeah. for like a couple dollars. We, but yeah. it was it, enough to sustain herself. And it's just like the thing that we do because, and I've always felt that, that like there are certain cultures like Mexican culture especially is that you do what you have to do to survive and you do not say anything. That has been ingrained in me since growing up and I sort of feel that that's the way to do it. It's like you just do what you have to do to get to the next day. You don't say shit. You just keep your head down. But what's been going on politically and economically, it's just like it's so hard to keep your voice quiet. Mm -hmm. So I refuse to do that anymore. But so in regards to, you know, not getting up for yours, but going back to what KC was saying was just that, you know, people being ashamed of their own color and like all this, like diversity is the reason why we're here. Like I saw Black Klansman. Like when it came out uh, two weeks ago. I just saw it yesterday. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it. I cried at the end. Like it's so powerful and moving. Like, yes, even though it was like, um, like people talk so much shit about Spike Lee, but he is a director. Like some of his movies kind of skew to the left, whatever, like you think they skew. This movie was powerful and moving. Like the shit that they were going through back then is happening today. And he was writing that movie for people today because we think that racism is gone racism is not gone and by the way racism is within every race it's not just white against black it's it's everywhere it just it doesn't matter what race you are because every tribe every culture wants to be within their own so when they start going outside oh well, you don't like your own culture no i just want something different Moving on, that's another... Right, your pot. song, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my... Um, you do your songs, and I'm stuck between a couple. They're all in Spanish, oh, though. The other song that I'm stuck... Where is it at? It is... Elvis Crespo. Elvis Crespo. He does... Oh, it's great stuff. Suavemente, yes. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. I've got all of his albums. And another one is just, like, this very old song that I randomly found called Aga... Aga... I don't know how to pronounce that. That double R fucking killed me. Agarrala. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> how does that? How, how does one of that? I never learned how to roll my own. I know. I know. I like when some people do something like, "Oh, you never know how to do that." It's so easy for me. Like, yeah, thanks, D hole. <laughs> no, I'm just like, oh. yeah, like, oh, it's so hard for me. Like, oh, it's like, okay, I can't do this. I just like, never learned. They say one day it just happens. So yeah, like, I'm just, just waiting happens. for that day that it just happens. Mm-hmm. But until then, I haven't learned it yet. I yeah. try. Which no, it shape. makes sense because like. The best way I started learning German, which I think they say this probably for you too, was like I listened to German music. Mm-hmm. And even though it's it's still kind of broad because you know how like every like country music doesn't sound the same as like a rap artist. Yeah. So it's like the same way. Like I learned from specifically one band and like he would roll his R's because he also speaks Spanish, but he would roll his R's in German. So through him rolling his R's, I knew how to roll my R's what even in German, fuck. which is crazy. But their biggest audience is actually uh, in Mexico in their German band, which is like so interesting. Their songs are in German. Their, their songs are in German, but their biggest fans are in Mexico. That's crazy. I know. Isn't that insane? Plus, they've made it, some it, Spanish songs. I will say this. like I can sort of see that because in German – they make extensive use of the accordion. And in Spanish music... They always go to the accordion. Exactly. I actually kind of love the accordion. But it's like Tejano music. I freaking hate Tejano music because it's like I grew up listening to Selena, La Tropa Selena, Eddie Gonzalez, (laughs) 
la diferencia, like all of that stuff. Like, mira, you got to throw a grito out there. You got to talk like you're Spanish, cabrón, because you're not Spanish. You're throwing away your rules. You're a coconut, like you're what, brown. <laughs> you're a coconut. <laughs> I've never heard. I've never heard of that. Heard you're a coconut. I'm about to start calling people that. Yeah. You're a coconut. Hell yeah. <laughs> you're brown on the outside, but you're white on the inside. You're th selling us out, homes. Why aren't you really Mexican, Mexicano, you know? Be true to your family. Like, really? What's true to my family? <laughs> Right. Like having like five or six kids by two or three different moms and not having a steady job, oh, being in jail good. six or seven times, doing a lot of drugs or being successful and providing for my family. Oh, that's fucked up, man. You got to be, you know, you, you got to be with La Rasta, you know. <laughs> La Rasta. Actually, I do love the way that, um, I love the way that Latin American people say La Rasta because I just like the community behind it. We don't have a word for that. I mean, we can say the race, but like, it's not the same. No, you got fam. But no, like, it's just like, I don't know, like, I love, like, Hispanic, Mexican culture because of that, but sometimes it can go to the extreme. Oh, yeah. At work, I never, ever get left alone. Like, I'll be, like, just chilling by myself, and I'll just be, like, doing work, and they come, and they're like, are you, why are you by yourself? Come in here with us mm -hmm. while we're talking and, like, screaming loudly. Come do yeah. your work in here. I'm like, I can't because yeah. y'all are yelling. Right. Like, I'm okay by myself. Yeah. And it's just like, we're not yelling, we're just speaking past. And that's one thing I will say about Latinos, like as a culture itself, is that we're very passionate people. Like, I'm sure Casey will tell you whenever I talk to her, um, is that my friends will tell you I'm very passionate when I speak to my friends. It's like, why are you, because like, I've had actually some free friends tell me like, dude, are you hitting on me? Like, no, I'm just, I'm being very engaging and passionate. Like, oh, because it sounds like you're hitting me. Like, no, I just want to make sure that you're okay. Like, oh, okay. And then they realize, like, oh, this is you, like, just being who you are. Yeah. That's because most people don't talk the way you do. Like, and when they do speak the way you do, it's usually because they're hitting right. on you. So that's mm. that's why people take it that way. Because when you engage somebody so deeply like that, people right. take it as, like, oh, you're interested or interested in me, but, right. like, romantically. Yeah. So. And that's, like, I guess I would say, like, that'd be an interesting one for another pod, like, for the next step, whatever, an episode in the future is, like, what, when did we stop? I has technology, so has the internet. Has like instant messaging sort of gotten away from like actually delving deep into your feelings or deep into language, in the the complexities that are there, the intricacies that are there, and saying this is how I'm feeling. It's not like hey, how was that pizza? It was cool. It was good. It was it was nice. First is like saying how was that pizza? Well, you know, I had a few thoughts on that. What? And then just going <laughs> off on that, like, well, you know, the pizza, while the price was phenomenal, I felt that the if the I cheese was terrible. If I pizza and they send me back that, I will not eat it. Oh, my God. Well, no, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, again, you proved my point. It's like you send somebody that versus actually having a conversation instead of texting because something is lost in text. While it is black and white, there is nuance within spoken word. Yeah. Like, there is just so much that... I oh, can tell. Right. <laughs> all right, use some emojis. I, I can't stand a dry ass person where like we got all these smiley faces before emojis and people can't like just use a freaking emoji to convey what they're trying to say because there's so many expressions now through emojis. So I'm just like, you're weak. And you're if whack. emojis aren't enough for you, there's a lot of like other emoji things that you can download. Like, it's endless. Yeah. Okay? Or, or you can just call somebody and just talk to them. Impossible. 
Right, because it's like it's <laughs> as impossible as ringing the doorbell when you're at someone's home. I prefer phone calls, and honestly, I don't really mind if somebody rings the doorbell, but like, I I prefer phone calls. But people are so just like, like if you truly like me and you can talk to me in person, then you can talk to me over the phone, because that's that, no, I like, agree with you. I, the only reason I brought up the doorbell is because oh, when I was coming over here today, well, it was uh, loud. We were, we were texting. <laughs> And I rang the doorbell. And I don't want to say it was one of those things like they were not. They're not going to expect me to ring the doorbell. I expected you to honestly, because I just know who you are. I knew. I thought in my head, I was like, he's going to yeah. ring the doorbell. I told him to knock, not ring the whole doorbell. Why? Why knock? <laughs> why? Why bruise my? Why bruise my uh, fingers on the door when I could just push a button? Okay. Anyways, I'm going to play my song. <laughs> I'm bougie as hell. They call me that, but you know what? It's all in context, and it, I'm not. They call me they bougie. They don't want the explanation. They got. It. <laughs> As I hang my head in shame. There's no shame here. Nobody should no ever feel shame in my game. of who they are. But no, my song is it's just going to be quick. I'm not going to play it as long as we did last time. Oh, no, that was my jam last time. That's why I was like, I want y'all to hear the whole thing. I cut out some of it because it was too long. And I was just like, no. Okay, so mine is Forever by Claro, which she's like this like chill singer, which I'm kind of surprised like, that she's... I don't know, but she's like, I'm surprised she's not going to be at Camp Vlognaw because she's kind of in the same realm as like all of them. So yeah, this is called Forever, literal four, number four and ever. basically how the whole song goes <laughs> so but it's a really chill song which i like but it's also like straight to the point being like can i count on you like this is real like what are we here for what are we doing like and you know i want to say this like because i feel like we've been like i could i could just wax on like for hours with the two of you because well with casey because jojo here has just been like chilling <laughs> jojo <laughs> Jojo Siwa, have you yeah. heard of her? She's so annoying. She sounds like uh, who's the little boy from um, uh, what is that show with Nigel? Th oh, the Thornberries or whatever. I like, just know she has no hair. She doesn't. Her hairline is her hairline is like receding. <laughs> His hair or her? Anyways, her hairline is like receding because she she literally says she sleeps with her ponytail like it's in like she's that. A cheerleader, so she always has oh, but then and then her bitch. mom like dyed her hair when she was like three, and so she's always had dyed oh hair. God, she's not no, her mom dyes her hair like for the past twelve years. Oh my god! And so she Why she's her losing her hair. Her? She sounds like the little boy, the little little brother of the Thornberries who's like <laughs> like she she sounds dumb and crazy and she's yeah. like she's like five nine and she's 15 and she dresses like she's like 12 or 11 like it's I really, really... She was like no yeah. she's 15 years old like uh, oh lower. propaganda just yeah some, yeah she's strange um she's gonna have some money. she does it for the yeah. the image basically i, yeah, I think it's just yeah. like her mom so what were you saying earlier before you got into that before we went down that uh hole of uh about the the singer oh I, I was just saying like oh i was just saying like it's it's straight to the point. Like I said, it's the type of like song that you could chill to, but also be like mad about because you're just like, wow, this person isn't treating me right. Like I'm in my feelings, but at the end of the day, it's like, well, you're wasting my time. So bye. 
Yeah, and so uh, on that note, because we've been talking quite a bit, and I could uh, realistically wax on for hours, and my friends will tell me, you know, you've got to shut up because just shut up. It's fine. But, you know, it's what they say. It's best to keep them wanting more. But I'll say this. It's been wonderful spending my time with the two of you and sharing with Thanks. them. Thanks. <laughs> Here we go. I said great before. I'm about to say Thanks. <laughs> no, and some things are better left. Like the most, I, one of my favorite authors, I think it was um, Oscar Wilde. The ultimate sophistication is the simple luxuries in life. And I'm paraphrasing, and I'm butchering that, and I apologize for my Oscar Wilde fans out there, because I do love Oscar Wilde. The Dory, the portrait of Dorian Gray is one of my favorite stories. But anyway. You're waxing. I am. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Casey. Okay. Play your song, kid. Okay, so she's going to play us out. I chose my song because everybody played um, very slow songs, so I'm I'm gonna play um, you know like something you can cock your ass to. Oh, no, no, I'm gonna no. <laughs> I got a song too. I'm play something. I got a cute. song too. I thought you already played your song. No, I didn't. I thought oh. no, you did. Well, should I play my my play it, play it. my slow song or no? Well, you can't really clap your ass to the other song, but it makes me want to fight because it's just so aggressive. Jesus Christ. It does. It's like the Spanish knuck if you buck. Why do you nope, fight? if you buck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there are songs like that, though. It's like, I'm ready. You know what? Just because I described it, like... Low key. It does sound like enough if you buck the like in the beginning a little bit. And if you know the words, it makes you want to fight too. Okay, we can stop. But I definitely do want to fight after hearing that song. <laughs> you don't feel that? No. It just it's so intense. That's it a good hype song. Emo- yeah, it's a hype song. So it's just like, oh, oh, I'm so hype. Yeah, usually when I get hype, I don't want to punch somebody in the face. Okay, but the way he just says, like, grab her, it sounds so aggressive. Like, he's about to, like, snatch her the fuck up. Like, come dance with me. That's every Spanish song. I mean, I only listen to, like, I usually listen to very, like, like, salsa, very, like, you know. And yeah, I grab her by the hips. You know, I got it by the cintura. And it's just grab her by the hips. He's, and he's saying it so aggressively. Because it's the music. It's the <laughs> rhythm. <laughs> he's like, grab her. She will not deny your dance. So you're going to assault her and take her because she won't stop you? So now you're raping her? What? For a dance? Does that count as rape? It's just a dance. Uh, sexual assault or harassment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it like just sounds if, like he's somebody, a She doesn't want to dance with you, then you shouldn't grab her and make her dance against her oh, will. Oh, no, but later on in the song, he says that she'll do anything. Will she, or is he just assuming from his male perspective? Oh my fucking right. god! No, <laughs> no seriously, like a, oh, she won't stop you because she just wants this engagement to be over, know, so she's going to acquiesce. Them. This song is from like 2003. Ask them. Oh, 2003 know. was a different time. Hell yeah, way different. Yeah. 15 years. Oh Jesus, yeah. 15 yeah. years ago. I don't know. I th- it's been well over an hour. I think I'm pretty sure. The main thing is when we do long episodes is the fact that I have to edit these, like chop it down because there is, there is like moments where like somebody's hitting the table or like there's like a random gap of silence or whatever. So 
<laughs> You're both so. Anyways, I'm just gonna end the episode because they're being super weird. But anyways, um, yeah. If you guys like this episode, psh, thanks. <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. Great. Ciao, ciao.